Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Come to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley, and joining me today is a very special guest. We'd love to have him back on the show. Please welcome Mr. Brian Miller. What is going on, everybody? It's been a minute since I've been on the mic. I know it has been. We've uh, it's always great to have you here. For those of you Thank who you. are wondering where Joe and Ray is, uh, Joe is currently in a back to tank um, healing, but do not worry, he will be back spewing his his uh, evil imperial propaganda uh, <laughs> as always. Uh, for the for, for you, you may not know this, but Joe is our uh, resident imperial fan sympathizer. Um, Sympathizer, yeah. yes. He he says he just he he claims he just you know spreads the truth, but you know we we know we know the real truth of the uh, imperial dogs, imperial scum. And Ray is also um, not able to make it today. He had some work on his speeder he had to do. So nice. Uh, it's just going to be us. Um, Right on. So before we get started on the main topic, one of the things I was kind of wanting to talk a little bit about is this whole rumor going around that they're going to scrap the entire prequel and just make it as a alternate reality. Now, for those of you who can't see me, because this is the audio podcast, I just made <laughs> the air quotes. Um, <laughs> I mean, we get this, it seems like we got this last year, like the whole, like, like a couple of years ago with everyone wanting to make last Jedi, you know, scrap last Jedi or redo the movie. And it's just stupid. It doesn't matter what you think of the prequels and they're here to stay. Yeah. They're, they're not going to be alternate reality. They're not going to be anything like that. It's, it's, it's just stupid. I mean, do you agree that it, it's just stupid? It is. This is something that I saw, uh, cause, cause I haven't been on social media a lot in the last month. Cause I was, I was busy. Uh, with my day job, but this is one of the first things I saw when I came back and uh, started kind of looking at some of the news stories that I had to talk about. And uh, I, this, you're right; this seems to come around every year uh, at some point. Uh, and, and the best way that I can sum this up is, you know, Thanos said it best in Endgame: "As long as there are those who knew what was, they'll never be able to accept what can be." Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's it's one of those things where this is obviously just a disgruntled <laughs> fan. And, oh, yeah. and 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 just trying to st spread rumors. That's basically all it is, mm -hmm. you know. Disney's not going to scrap those movies. They were billion no. dollar movies. I know, I know. It's like, yeah, I, it's to me, it's just so stupid. They're just sitting there, you know, counting their movies. Like, really, really, you know? Oh, okay. You want to scrap the movie? Okay, oh, sure, yeah, sure, so whatever. Bad. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you cross that but, billion dollar mark. Oh yeah, nobody liked it. Oh my God. You, you know, and, and yeah, and say what you will. I mean, because. Because me personally, I wasn't a huge fan of Rise of Skywalker. Actually, I really hate Rise of Skywalker, to be completely honest. I liked mm -hmm. Last Jedi when it came out. Yes, I was one of those. And I and I really liked Force Awakens. And Rise of Skywalker, you know, pretty much ruined the other two for me, knowing what could have been. You know what I'm saying? But Yeah. But even I'm not sitting here going, they need to remake them. You know, we need something better than that. I'm not even saying that. If they scrap those movies, yeah. do you have any idea what else in canon they're going to have to retcon? I mean, I mean, all Every, this, yeah. everything else for the sequel trilogy is going to have to be retconned. Literally everything yeah. was built around those films. And so 
that's going to set a precedent. Let's say for for argument's sake, Disney decided to do that. It's going to set a precedent so that if they get somewhere else down the road and fans start getting pissed off about what's coming out, they'll be like, oh, we'll just scrap it and say it never happened. Alternate universe, yeah. crisis on infinite earth, whatever, crap, you know, that didn't happen. This, yeah. Do you have any idea how convoluted the canon's going to become? It's going to be even worse oh, yeah. than when the EU was considered canon by the fans. Yeah. Well, I mean... I, there's an, an, another podcast that I listen that I not podcast but YouTube channel that I listen to that has a quote that I think sums it up perfectly. Like what you like, don't be a dick. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I completely it, agree with you. Yeah, like what you like, don't be a dick. It's see, and here's another problem too because we live in an age now, and it's not just with social. It's not just with Star Wars and other stuff. It's it's stuff across the board. You name it. I mean, world events, politics. You name it. We, mm-hmm. we live in an age now where we have social media where everybody and their mother can put their opinion out there. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing because you and I are putting our opinions out there right now. Right. And that's not a bad thing. But when you have a, a society where literally everybody can speak their own voice, you're going to have people that – there are YouTube channels out there that just spew such vitriol towards the new Star Wars and other fans, quote-unquote – begin following this just because somebody they like doesn't like it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and it's it's just like you and I, we 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 do our best. And I know you do absolutely. You you do your best to keep that integrity where if you like something you like it. If you don't, you don't. But if somebody else disagrees with you, that's not a bad thing. No. No. I mean, I welcome, you know, absolutely. debate and as long as it's within you know, stay civil. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can, I mean, I, you're right. I can think of a couple YouTube channels right off the bat that are <laughs> very, I can think one in particular. Anti-Disney, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if we're thinking about the same one. But I know, I know exactly. I'm, I'm not going to name any names. Yep, yep. Um, but then there's, you know, others like, you know, I think of that may not like the movies, but I, you know, or even didn't like Last Jedi, but I still, you know, respect their you know i'm thinking of um star wars theory yeah he's a guy that i you know yeah he didn't like the last movie he you know made that plane he didn't not like oh i think he liked the last movie but he didn't like last jedi mm-hmm. but i you know that's his opinion and right. to me he hasn't been you know overly like oh if you like last jedi you're a horrible person mm-hmm. or anything like that but um anyway see i but yeah it's just i didn't like solo I was one of those people that, I mean, it was, it was okay, but it wasn't one of those yeah. where I was beating my chest coming out going, oh my God, that would, no, I, that wasn't, that, it, it, I just didn't care for it that much. Honestly, right. the novelization was way better than the film was. Yeah. But I'm not sitting here going, that needs to be stricken from canon. That movie is oh, crap. Wow. And I'm not starting rumors saying, well, Disney's going to say that's not canon anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's, yeah. it's, this yeah, is I, a symptom I, I, of I, a bigger problem. I was the same way about Solo. You mm-hmm. know, it was like I've said this time and time again. It was the movie that didn't need to be made, that no one yeah. was asking for. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a couple scenes in there that I thought, oh, that's kind of cool, you know. But other, and the one thing I will say, since we're talking about this, that I did like that Solo did was reestablish, especially at the end, reestablish Han's personality mm-hmm. of shooting first, ask questions later. Right when he shoots the guy. You know, before he's even saying, doing his monologue, I'm like, that's how Solo. Yeah. That's what Solo would do. Yep. 
you know, yep. forget the whole retconning, you know, and uh, you're talking about retconning. That's what you get when you retcon something. You get Greedo shooting first in a poorly done animation of Han. <laughs> animation jerk down. Over the course of two frames, like, he moved a foot. Oh, yeah, it's actually that's did, what you get when you retcon stuff. Not to get off topic, did you notice that they changed that again for Disney Plus? No, I they, haven't. They wanted. changed it again. They, they've uh, and they've, that's not the only thing they've changed for Disney Plus. They've changed a lot of stuff in the classic trilogy when they put them on Disney Plus. Uh, but that scene in particular, now they shoot at the exact same time. So it went from Han shooting, not Han shooting first, just the Han shooting, and then it went to Greedo shooting first and Han shooting afterwards, and then it went to, I think they took it within like a millisecond of each other where Greedo still shot first, and now it's exactly the same time. They, I mean, they fire simultaneously. Oh it, yeah, it's it's God. Mm. Leave it alone. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's I mean, it was bad enough when they when they did the remastered and we had to get you know an animated job of the hut in there. <laughs> yeah, that action figure looked like crap, and I have that action figure too, and I'm so not proud of it. It's just <laughs> looks horrible. Oh uh, well, since we are talking, since we just mentioned the original trilogy, I think that's a good segue into our main topic um we have been doing a look back at the original trilogy and last week we talked about episode four a new hope and today we're going to be talking about what many people consider to be the best movie of the trilogy empire strikes back yes now like last week we're going to be looking at certain aspects of the movie we're going to be looking at the story the acting, the message, was there a message that George was trying to te- put in through there? And, uh, of course, the special effects, because you can't talk about a Star Wars mm-hmm. movie without talking about the effects. And the lasting impact the movie has had on pop culture. So one of the things we talked about last week, Brian, with the original Star Wars was the fact that without Star Wars, there would be no MCU. Mm-hmm. There would be that. no blockbuster. There, were, they. This was the movie that set that precedent for mm-hmm. everything that would come come later. And you know, well, first let's just talk about the movie in general and your thoughts and what you remember, like the first time watching Empire. Oh. Um. Okay. Or just your thoughts in general, like so. The first time I ever watched The Empire Strikes Back, I think I was like six or seven, and it was on the Sci-Fi Channel, and this was two or three years before they did the special editions, so I would have been six or seven. Yeah, I know, right? And uh, they were on Sci-Fi Channel. My mother was recording them for me, and it was like every two nights they were showing another one, and she put them all on one VHS tape for me. Remember, you could put like three movies on a VHS tape back then? Yeah, I remember that. So I had all three of them on VHS tape, and... So I remember I had a, a toy. It was a Micro Machine set. And I had the toy before I ever saw the films. And it was a set of Darth Vader's head that opened up into the carbon freezing chamber. And oh, I so that I one. had yes. no idea what any of the con- what I mean, what it was, who it was, anything like that. I was just I was seven. I was just playing with it. Yeah. And I remember watching The Empire Strikes Back for the first time. And coming off of Star Wars for the first time two nights before that, I was just like oh my god this is all because i watched the first one i remember asking my mom is, is there any more and she went oh yeah there's more 
And she's like, just just wait till Thursday night. And I was like, oh my God, is there more seriously? And she told me that the next one's called The Empire Strikes Back. So I was like, oh my God. And so even at seven, I was just like dumbfounded by Empire. You know, yeah. I just see, going from, from in the first movie, you go from the extreme of a desert planet to the complete opposite of an ice planet. Just boom, right mm -hmm. off the bat. And it's, it was, it was cool seeing that there were these different climates and all these different planets in the galaxy and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And but at seven years old, I didn't really grasp the importance of the story yet. You yeah. know what I mean? And and it was one of those things where uh, to me it was a, it was a cool space movie, bunch of lasers, bunch of spaceships, cool aliens. Loved yeah. lightsabers. Like that was holy crap. Lightsabers was life. And but coming down to it, when. Vader, my mother ended up ruining the Vader father thing for oh. me. She ruined it for me like right before. I remember that. She, I, she like, because they kept fighting and I, and I remember looking at my mom and was like, is he going to lose? And she's like, no, he's going to tell him he's his father. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and so, <laughs> so when it happened, I was just like, that's not what? I don't get it. But I just moved on from it. But I remember Empire really burned itself into my brain as, holy crap, mm -hmm. that was better than the last one. Yeah. So, well, I think for me, it's like when I look back and I watch, remember you know, a new hope and then empire because I don't remember the exact first time I watched empire. It was just one of those things. It's kind of like with star Wars for me, it's, it's always, always been, there. been there. Yeah. And like, I've always like, I don't remember also the, that's one thing I miss is that getting that realization that Vader was the father, because mm -hmm. it's just something that I've always known. Yeah. Like, I don't remember that, you know, that, that whole that bombshell thing of dropped that moment you. of being yeah. like, oh, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, he's his dad, right? Um, but when you look at the two, Empire was a much more mature film. Oh, absolutely. Not necessarily like you know adult mature, but just like it was like mature as far as the story went, right. and like my I remember a few uh, several years back we were watching the. Uh, watching all the movies in preparation for force awakens mm -hmm. and um we got to we got to a new hope and we watched it and my mom my mom made the comment that was a fun movie mm -hmm. you know she said i forgot how fun star wars is and not that empire wasn't fun right but it's just a completely different um and there was a time when i and you know i mean star wars fans might kill me but <laughs> i thought when i was at one point empire was one of my least favorites mm -hmm. i thought it was boring in mm. places because it's a lot more dialogue it's a lot right. more it's a little deeper you know, than what the original Star it's Wars a lot was. deeper yeah. and you know when you're a certain age a lot of times you're just like i want to see space battles right i want to see lightsabers <laughs> yeah you know and you have that in in empire but you also have, you know, a lot of more metaphysical stuff, a lot right. of more deep, you the know, Yoda stuff and, and the Dagobah and the, and the force cave, the dark side force cave yeah. and, and all that. Yeah. yeah. It's, there's a lot to it. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. And we'll I see, think and it was, was definitely, and it was one of the first movies too, where it ended and the bad guys won. I know. You know, usually it was the heroes. Every, everything had a happy ending and long, this didn't. Mm -hmm. This no. this left, you know, because with the original Star Wars, a lot of people really related to Luke Skywalker, right? He was the farm boy that wanted to get out and see the world and, and wanted mm -hmm. to see what was out there. But then at the end of Empire, he's left broken, not not just physically, but like mentally and, and just left him in a dark 
horrible place. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and dealing with the realization that the most hated man in the galaxy is your father that you thought was dead the whole time. Like, there, that, that leaving Han being in Frozen and Carbonite, you don't know where he's at. Leia saying, I love you. She's going through torment with Han being gone. Like, everybody was in a dark spot. Yeah. Well, and if you if you ever watch anything about the making of the trilogy, you know, Lucas did that on purpose. He followed a mm -hmm. pattern where... You know, in the first movie, you introduce your characters. You get everyone knows who everyone is. You kind of, you know, set the stage. In the second act, you put them in the worst possible situation they can be in. And then the third act, you bring it all around full circle yeah. and the heroes, you know, rise to the occasion. But mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, the end of it, you're just like, oh. And. You know, just realizing just how like this is the movie where you realize just how powerful Vader is. Oh, absolutely. Like you get a little glimpse of it in A New Hope. Mm -hmm. But again, Vader wasn't the main villain of A New Hope. No, Tarkin was. Tar Tarkin was. Yeah, Tarkin was. Vader was just the muscle. Vader was the heavy. Yeah. Yeah. He was the thug. This And really, this is the only movie where he is the main villain. Right. Is no, Empire. And really, you can make right. the argument that the Empire is the villain but really it's vader is the main antagonist yeah. of this movie well th um, think back to when it came out in theaters we you know nowadays we can sit down and show somebody star wars for the first time and they get the whole luke i'm your father thing and then we can sit down and immediately watch return of the jedi back then when it came out people had to wait three years and go was yeah. he telling the truth or was he not telling the truth like is he vader or is he luke's father is he not luke's father? like what the hell and yeah you know and and nowadays like, as a good example for nowadays, like uh, the MCU you brought up earlier, between right. Infinity War and Endgame, there was only a year there, and the end of Infinity War was much like the end of Empire, you know? I mean, a little darker, you know, when, when people are actually dying and being yeah. winked out of existence, but we only had to wait a year until yeah. we saw who was coming back, how they were going to fix everything, how they were going to... Imagine waiting three years after Empire before Jedi came out. Well, I remember, you know... Not to skip ahead in, you know, that and the trilogy, I remember yeah. when um, after Attack of the Clones, ha you know, the prequel, the prequels having to wait. I think it was like, was it three years or five years between between the films? Three, three again. But it was the same thing. It's like, you know, Attack of the Clones happened. It's like, well, that was that. Yeah. Let's wait, you know, another three years. Yeah. Three years until, you know, the next one happens, but... Um, I remember printing off calendars, because we were still on AOL back then, and I remember printing off the AOL calendars for every month up until episode three came out for the next three years, and went and marked every day with the number of how many days were left, and counted down. Uh -huh. I can't even imagine waiting after hearing for the first time Vader say, you know, no, I'm your father, and then having to wait that same amount of time yeah, and wonder the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, do you think, could you, can you, when looking back, can you tell from Empire to Jedi, or not Empire to Jedi, but Empire, or A New Hope to Empire, that it was a different director than George? Yes. Is there, like, there's definitely a the, different yes. look to it, a different feel, a Absolutely. different, Absolutely. you know, you could still see George's hand, handwork in it. Mm-hmm. You know, the dialogue is still, I think it's better than in A New Hope. Yeah, I agree but with it's, that. 
still, I mean, you still have that George Lucas where it's got that like flavor Hansel, to it. like like Harrison Ford said, you can write this shit, George, but you can't say it. That's right. <laughs> well, even the bickering between Han and Leia was p- continued perfectly from A New Hope because when you yeah. when you see him in A New Hope, you know, and when she's yelling at him coming out of the garbage compactor, she's like, I don't know who you are or where you come from. But so I, I'm having a brain fart. I can't believe I forgot this dialogue. Yeah. But anyway, basically saying you're going to do what I say. And and he's like, yeah, you know, you call her your worshipfulness. That was continued <laughs> perfectly into episode five. And even mm-hmm. then into episode six. I mean, even though all yeah. three movies had different direct, it was still they were still those same characters, you know. So, I mean, hats off yeah. to Irvin Kirshner and Richard uh, Marquand, I think, directed Jedi. Hats off so. to him for continuing I, I that. Um. Well, well, let's look at the, look. Since we talked about the story, let's go kind of look at the story more, a little bit more in depth, and compare it to because we. I think it was always good to kind of compare it to what came before. And one thing we talked about with the New Hope was the story was very simple. Mm-hmm. It was just very by the book. One, two, three. You got the hero. It's the hero's journey. You got the hero, the bad guy, everything. The mentor, the know. princess, the... Yeah, Yeah. it was just very simple, well done. But yeah. this story was a lot more in-depth. Mm-hmm. This got a lot more just different twists and turns. And, you know, it's... Yeah, it was just a lot more. It was, a, a, there lot was more a lot nuance. more, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, it, well, it, it took a universe that we'd already been introduced to in A New Hope. and mm-hmm. Well, or I should just say Star Wars, because back then it was just called Star Wars. Star Wars, but, yeah. But it took the universe that we'd been introduced to and the characters that we'd already been introduced to. And like you said earlier, just put them into the worst situation possible. But it also continued not just the hero's journey, but all of their journeys. Mm-hmm. All of them, you know? I mean, it, it built off of what had already come before and was I mean, it expanded on the universe. It's not like mm-hmm. nowadays where we keep going back to the same planets over and over again. And we're like, we want new planets. You know what I mean? Like new yeah. places, new people. It, it yeah. actually expanded on the stuff back then. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, How many sand planets are there? In the galaxy? Oh my God. Actually, they've just added, uh, I think there was two more, uh, desert planets that they added into Canon now. Cause oh. I'm reading force collector. I'm still reading force collector. <laughs> so, oh. I've been on that book for six months. I'm still reading force collector. Wow, but but yeah, they've they've added more sand planets. Oh, man, um, <laughs> let's see. Um, I mean, what are like some of your favorite parts in this, like the story? Oh like, my god, anything that had to do with Yoda, literally yeah. anything that had to do with Yoda. Yoda is, you know. <sighs> Yoda is one of those characters that even when I was a kid, uh, it, when I was a kid, I thought he was a funny looking frog. Green. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was really all it was. As I got older and the more I watched it, the more I started to actually listen to the teachings that he was trying to teach Luke and make sense of all of it. And when I was a kid, a lot of it didn't make sense. I'm like, well, he said that, but that doesn't. But now as I'm growing up and I'm, I'm getting older and I have more life experiences to compare what he's saying to to apply it to. Mm-hmm. The there's it, it's just it's beautifully written, and you and you have to yeah. remember George sat down and wrote this stuff, and, yeah. and so he's the one that came up with this. Like a good comparison is the character Thrawn, Grand Admiral Thrawn. He's a mm-hmm. genius. He's a strategic genius. But Thrawn's not the genius. Timothy Zahn, the author who writes him, is the yeah. genius. 
He's the one that yeah. pieces all this together. But it's the same thing with George Lucas and 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 Yoda's dialogue. A lot of the stuff Yoda says is just deep. You you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And but basically anything with Yoda, I absolutely adore Empire for Yoda. Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. And just I still remember that's the one thing I do remember like a first time watching Empire is first time seeing Yoda and you're just like, oh, he's a silly little Muppet guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's so funny. Did you know, you the, the whole thing I with will. him fighting hmm? with... What's that? Take you to him, I will. Hmm? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or the whole thing of him fighting with uh, R2. Mine! Mine! Yeah. Mine! <laughs> when um, you know now in canon those two knew each other. Oh, uh, yes. In Clone Wars, they did all the Yoda-centric stuff at the end of the original Clone Wars stuff. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Well, here's a question for you. Um, did what kind of again to kind of you know go change the timeline here and cross <laughs> streams? Did watching the prequels make you look at different scenes in Empire differently? Yes. When you watch the prequels, you know, did you look at it and you're like, oh, yes. okay. You mean once all three prequels were out? Yeah, it was yes. all three were done. Yeah. Yes, because it was, you know, especially like in Empire, bef- like before the prequels came out, because Yoda was talking a lot about, uh, he's like, oh, your father, I knew him. Powerful Jedi he was and all this thing. And he's like, how do you know who my father is? You don't even know who I am. You know what I mean? And yeah. And he's like, just like your father rushing off into battle and all this stuff. And you're like, and then the prequels come out and you're like, shit, Yoda wasn't wrong. <laughs> like, yeah. like Anakin was seriously well, reckless. But. Yeah. Yeah. No. There's there's a lot of similarities there because a lot of stuff in the in the classic trilogy, when you you just hear about it and you just hear about it in passing, but after watching the prequels and Clone Wars, and then you go back to the classic trilogy, a lot of it has a lot more meaning now because you know of the relationship Yoda had with Anakin and all this other stuff, and yeah. it just the whole Anakin thing just seems so much more tragic after watching the prequels. Oh, definitely. Like that's one of the things where and to kind of go back to a New Hope. Mm-hmm. Is why I hate the redo of the 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 one the guy that did the redo of the fight between yeah. uh, Anakin and Vader. Like, yeah, it's cool and all, but to me, like, what, after you watch their fight on Mustafar mm-hmm. and you see the emo, I know a lot of people have kind of you know dogged it because they say, oh, it's too choreographed, it's too much like a fight. Mm-hmm. But when you really look, it's one of my favorite duels. Mm-hmm. Personally, I love that. I love that duel because I love the emotion that was behind it and just everything that was going. When you watch that and then you go back and you see the fight, <laughs> um, the fight between him and Vader on the Death Star mm-hmm. and you just see the like all everything that had built up to that point. And, you know, it's just like these two warriors just sizing each other up. And, you know, again, um, Obi-Wan's goal was never to win that fight. Mm. Distraction. That was never his goal. He knew going in, I'm dead. Yeah. His goal was just to, just to spare, just to give enough time for them to be able to get out. Mm -hmm. Um, but then you look at Vader, and I think he's thinking of like, okay, last time I fought this guy, he cut off my arms and right. legs. 
what is this what is he up to mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean that's just um but again anyway getting back to empire <laughs> since that's what we're talking about that's just a little side side tangent and, and, and asterisks we just put an asterisk next to that yeah 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 um yeah i think you know let's let's kind of talk about some of the effects um because again as i said before you can't talk about Star Wars without talking about the effects. And one mm-hmm. we talked about this with, with New Hope is, you know, you have all these, you know, amazing effects that came out that were state-of-the-art for the time and never been done before. And I pointed out the fact that, yes, and this was done on a quote-unquote low-budget movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. People forget that. The original Star Wars for a theatrical release was a low budget movie. It cost, I think it was an $11 million film. Wow. Uh, which, I mean, we're looking at like, oh, $11 million, that's a drop in a bucket for compared a... Compared to nowadays? For a Hollywood... Well, even back then. Yeah. Com- well, compared a, to nowadays... For a major studio release. Compared to nowadays when you've got... in a bucket. When you've got and, Infinity War and Endgame coming out back to back, and it's a billion dollar budget between the two of them. Yeah. That's and a huge most difference. Of that, Fox didn't, you know, hardly gave anything for that movie. Right. You know, that was most of that was earned by George. And that was basically and them it, humoring him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, you, you, you want, you want the licensing rights to all of the toys and everything like that? <laughs> sure. Go ahead. Merchandising. What are you going to do? Make lunch boxes? Yeah. <laughs> 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 breakfast um, cereal of c3po's but then you have you have the success of star wars come out mm-hmm. and the huge major success so then you have empire and you know by that point you can tell the level of technology had had gotten a little bit better you can tell oh this has got a lot more money in it yeah. for the time um you know uh, you know, seeing stuff like the Tauntauns and yeah, the, the you know the stop motion walkers. Yeah, oh, the walkers were Love so the walkers. Oh. oh, although I do have to say, again, kind of going off on it on another tangent. Um, one of my favorite favorite episodes of the Mandalorian is where they're on the planet and the the ATSTs come yes. out. Yes. You just see the that red the like windows light first, up and it just oh, so that was cool. the first time because you look at you look back at it and you know you can look at oh the chicken walk you know the chicken walkers yeah. how are they how how are they terrifying you're like oh crap oh yeah oh I can see how that would be terrifying absolutely seeing one of yeah but and then just hearing the the crunch of on the snow and the everything's starting to shake as the as the foot comes down and the oh yeah, yeah oh. the power behind it yeah no it's just everything about the walkers was just amazing oh and, i mean and to me the hoth scene brought the war to star was the first time they brought the war to star wars oh yeah you i mean you were dealing with trench warfare at that point yeah and, yeah it, actual ground and assaults. you saw just how how outmatched and how gunned and yeah out everything yeah when you've got these little guys and little trenches and you've got these like dozen giant ass walkers walking towards you you just know the rebels are the underdogs 
You know, yeah. it's obvious who's going to win this have, battle. All they have the little, the little snow speeders, which were awesome. Seeing yeah. the, the little speeders go around it. But you also get the in- ingenuity yeah, of, of the tow cables. Of the rebels. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. how are we going to take these things down? You know, trip the, the little lasers we got don't <laughs> yeah. let's trip them up. Yep. Um, but, I mean, and then... You know, everything just looked more like even the space, even in space, the space yeah. battles and what you saw in space was just so there's a lot more in space. Yeah. Than even a new hope. Like, yeah, you had, you know, the tie, you know, where you're doing the, you know, the trench run and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. a lot of it was done either in ship or on the Death Star or. Yeah, not very often you actually saw. I mean, other than the space battle in a new hope. Yeah, you, and, and then and even you know, that you was a lot a of, bit, up close. Yeah, and you had a little bit where they're on the Falcon. Yeah, um, but this was just much more. Well, you had you way know, more expensive. How many star destroyers did you see in a shot at one time? The most destro- destroyers you ever saw in one shot in A New Hope was two, and it was yeah. when the Falcon was leaving Tatooine, and it was from a long shot. Yeah, you know, and now you've got three star destroyers crashing into each other because the Falcon's yeah, yeah, doing these like, like moving, yeah, know, maneuvering and it's and... crazy. Absolutely, you got space worms coming out of asteroids. Are oh, you joking? Yes. Like that's freaking amazing, you know. And, and and especially that that whole sequence. Look, I, I, that's a very underrated scene in my opinion. The whole space mm-hmm. whale. A lot of people, it's just a part of the movie nobody really cares about. That's usually when they get up and they go get more popcorn or use the bathroom or whatever. It, 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 a lot of people think that scene's boring. That's an awesome freaking scene because they're sitting there yeah. hiding out in the belly of the beast and they don't even realize it. I do remember getting a like I even to this day sometimes I still get a jump stare when the Minoc hits yeah. the window. I'm just like oh, <laughs> like I know it's, oh, it's it like looked amazing. In, it's like well, it's like the scene in Jurassic Park where the raptors come through. Yeah. After she turns on all the lights, I still get a jump scare from that. You know. Yeah. Twenty year twenty years later, I when still it pops watch up that and movie. Just like, staring oh, at her through yeah. the window. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, the um, Minox were awesome, and, and and they looked so good. That I mean, that mouth that came down sucked on the window. It looked like a living being. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying. Every, like, yeah. It just again, everything looked so real. Even even like the stop motion tauntauns and the yeah. stop, you know, the uh, the snow beast, um, the wampa, the wampas. Yeah, like, um, which I loved. Uh, if you ever watched any of the deleted scenes, the scene yes. where. Uh, uh, 3PO pulls down the warning sign for the and the, yes. and the troopers walk in and open the door and then they pull one in. That the is my like, nope. favorite. That is my favorite deleted scene of all time. And then Vader walks up and just looks at the door for a second and then keeps on going. I that is my absolute. Fa- I told Kirsty about that deleted scene for years, and I never could find it. And then finally, when the complete saga came out on Blu-ray before mm-hmm. seven and eight and everything came along. Uh, those that deleted scene was on there, so I was finally able to show it to her. I was like, I love that scene. I absolutely yeah. love it. And that that show to me also showed that whole movie shows Vader's Vader's sense of humor. Yeah, Vader. Yeah. Vader's got dad jokes. Oh, he absolutely was, does. Yes. Apology accepted. The, Captain Nita. Captain yeah. Nita. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like when when he like everybody made a big deal in in um, Rogue One when he said the try not to choke on your aspirations. I'm like. He's been doing this for years. Yeah, no, he has. Or when he's oh. sitting there choking somebody and just talking to the other guy, <laughs> like he's like, "You are in command now." Like he's like, "Oh, th- thank okay. you." Yeah. It was interesting. Is that guy made it through? He's the one that actually made it through all all 
the movies. Yep. A-Wing took him out. It took an yeah, A-Wing to an take A-wing. him out. Yeah. Yep. But, uh, you know, Piet's backstory about how he rose through the ranks and why Vader trusted him, you know, Mm -hmm. compared to any others, because he didn't get his position through family name or anything like that. He rose, you know, he got his position because he was good. Because everybody above him kept messing up and kept getting choked out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He kept getting battlefield promotions. Yeah. Vader appreciated, (laughs) you know, people that were actually... Mm-hmm. competent yeah. at their jobs and Piet was competent at his job. Well, remember Piet actually messed up twice too and Vader yes. forgave him. And it, yes. cause remember he looked at me, he was like, do not fail me again. And then again. he still failed him at the end of the movie again when the Falcon took off into hyperspace yeah. and not a word was said. He never said <sighs> a word to him about it. So everybody else, you know, got the choke. He got forgiven twice in one movie. Mm. Oh, yeah. Think about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, um, yeah, that, that was just... Yeah, oh, underrated, underrated character and character actor right there, I think, with whoever played Admiral, Admiral Piet. Absolutely. Um, great, great job. Um, and you, you definitely get a a deeper dive into the empire itself in this point. Yes. Um, you know, if you read, especially if you read the novelization of a new hope, the original novelization, it kind of hints that there was this idea that the emperor, because the emperor is secluded and he's not doing, he doesn't really know what's going on. There's the other hints of like, Oh, if you could only let the emperor know how bad things really are Mm -hmm. and what is being done in his name, then things will be. And this, when you realize like, Oh, the emperor knows exactly what's going on. (laughs) Yeah. He knows exactly, exactly what's going on. Young fool. Um, Yeah. But yeah, this one, you definitely get, you know, as you, as the title says, it's the empire strikes back. So we'll, we'll see um, also in a new hope, the emperor is only mentioned in passing one time, actually yeah. twice. He's mentioned twice in that movie. When when Tarkin comes in, he says the emperor has dissolved the council completely. You know, Senate, blah, blah. yeah. But then he's also mentioned uh, when the rebels are getting ready to plan their strike, and he's said, uh, uh, "Or no, I'm thinking of, of never mind. He's only mentioned once. I'm thinking of Return of the Jedi when they say yeah. the emperor's made a critical error and the time for our attack has come. That's in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. But, but he's only Return mentioned once Jedi. in A New Hope. And so when Empire rolls around and Piet walks into Vader and he says, the Emperor commands you to make contact with him. And you realize for the first time that Vader isn't the biggest, baddest guy in the galaxy. There's another guy above him. Like, you're like, wait, there's there's a guy that Vader kneels to? Yeah. And you're like, what? Yeah. Because you get the sense, like, even though, you know, in the first movie that... You know, Vader was, you know, quote unquote, subordinate to Tarkin. Uh, Tarkin, mm-hmm. you get the sense that that was only because he had to be. Right. There was nothing that you get the sense in Empire that's like, oh, this guy kneels to this guy willingly because this guy's. <laughs> He's worse than Vader. Yeah. You know, you yeah. Think... And you're like, yeah. yeah, wait, Vader's like, um, yeah, I've always kind of you know viewed Vader as the the boogeyman of the Star Wars galaxy. Like that's how I can see them kind of portraying him mm-hmm. as um, 
you know, with the parent, you know, parents and, you know, a plant, you know, a planet some way saying, you know, you better be good or Vader will come and get you. They do that too. Yeah. They do that. Know, yeah. Uh, where it was more myth than anything else with Vader, right. you know, Vader, a lot of Vader's, you know, fear was, yeah, he could do all that stuff, but a lot of it was just, you know, stories mm-hmm. that had been told, you know, you know, going down legends that had um, been told. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and you're right. Eighty percent of the galaxy probably didn't even know Vader was even existed. Well, have you have you watched? It's a, it's supposed to be a funny meme, but the little brain is saying like something like, "Are you asleep?" And he says, "Yes." <laughs> and then the brain says something. And this one, it was something to the effect of that you really saw all the rebel soldiers that were in the in in the rebel scene in Rogue One in the hallway scene in Rogue One were probably children during the Clone Wars and looked up to Anakin as a hero. Oh, I was like, oh, oh that's oh, painful. Yeah. Like, you're absolutely right. That's painful. Oh, oh, why would yeah. you tell me I'm that? Like, that is painful. Oh, but I was, but you think about it, I'm like, yeah, they would have been those, yeah. those, those soldiers would have been children during the Clone Wars. And they would have grown up with stories of hearing the holiday stories of Obi-Wan and Anakin and General the Skywalker and, and the negotiator. Yeah. The, uh, the, um, the clone, all you know, the clone troopers and everything like that, which is just yep. Oh uh, god, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, it's just it brings everything. Like most of the soldiers that would have been fighting, actually on the ground fighting, would have been children. Yeah, either young children or, you know, just you know, they, a lot of they them were just the younglings. Kids. Anakin didn't give around to until twenty years later. Uh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, because if you figure, you know, Luke was what sixteen at A New Hope, uh, nineteen or nineteen. He was nineteen, yeah. And most of those soldiers would have been, you know, they looked like in they were 20s, in their twenties to, you know, yeah. a lot of them look maybe thirties, you know, late thirties. Oldest ones maybe, you know, in so their early late thirties, early forties, 11, 12 years old. You're yeah, gonna be hearing stories about it. Yeah, and hell, yeah. you might have even. Come across a couple of Jedi during the Clone Wars, depending oh, yeah. on where you well, Especially if, yeah. if some of them lived on the Outer Rim planets, yep. and yeah, the, you know they would have probably seen the Clone Troopers, and mm-hmm. you know, if probably some of them lived through Order sixty six, yeah, and saw that. So, um, yeah, but since yeah, we're never, talking about effects, yeah, I never thought about it that that way. You just blew my mind. Yeah, I, I never thought about it that way. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, the effects. Um, Let's talk about that duel. Oh, yeah. And like just saying, you know, we're seeing for like we didn't really get a lot of force power use. In, if you think about it, in A New Hope, we got right a mind we got trick. A mind trick. Yeah. And yeah, that, that was, about, was it. about it. Yeah. But this one, you know, you right off the bat, you see, you know, Luke using force pull mm-hmm. to pull his lightsaber, and you're seeing Vader just during that during that fight just chucking things left and right at right at right at him and you're just seeing just like you're starting to see just for the first time just how powerful the force is absolutely you know and what well see i break i break that duel into three parts because they had the part in the carbon freezing chamber and then they had the part mm-hmm. underneath by the big window where luke got yeah. thrown out and then they had the the ending part out there on that giant antenna arm and yeah. that first part, I feel like Vader was toying with Luke. Like, he didn't want to hurt Luke. 
because yeah. he, he wanted to convince him to join him, you know, and whatnot, and, and, and he didn't want to damage him. Mm-hmm. He didn't even want to kill him. He was trying to get him into the carbon freezing chamber. But once Luke knocked him off that ledge and they went to the second part of the duel, I think Vader started to get frustrated and was mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? And then that's when he came out and started throwing stuff at Anakin, showing him what the dark side, at, at Luke, I mean, and showing him what the dark side could do. And then by the time Luke came came, came back up for that third part of the duel, Vader was just like all on piss. Like, I'm going to show him. And you know what I mean? And just going to town on him. And yeah, the emotion just ramped up the further that duel went on. Oh, yeah, that's. I mean, where would you rank that duel as far as like, would you would you think that uh, duel is better than the one in Jedi? No, no, no. That's my favorite duel. Yeah, the duel and the I shouldn't say the whole duel. The final part of that duel between Luke and Vader is my favorite part of any lightsaber duel in any film. Yeah, uh, but the duel in Empire ranks up there because uh, when you're coming off of a New Hope. And you just saw this old man and this robot swinging sticks at each other just a little bit. And then you come up on mm-hmm. Luke and Vader, like, all on, like, sword fighting brawl and yes. swinging them like broadswords. That is, you could you could see the emotion behind that because it wasn't just an old man and a robot anymore. It was a, a, a young boy who was, in, like, in the prime of his life Yeah, fighting the guy that killed his father. Yeah. And I think it's hard for... I think it's hard for some people to look back at those movies, especially after you've seen what was done in the, the the type of fighting that was done in the prequels. Yeah. And you can look and go like, Oh, they're not doing anything. Where's the, where's the flips? Where's the, you know, but mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something about that style that, you know, it's broad raw. Sword, like, yeah, it's raw. It's emotional. That's one yeah. thing I kind of like that. They kind of brought back in the sequel trilogies was, mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't enough, there wasn't quite as many as like the flips and the, uh, you know, the twirls with, with and, their fights. It was just, yeah. it was just you know brutal, just you know, yeah, just hard swings, hard at somebody who's hitting yeah. Y over and over again instead of hitting X. You know what I mean? Like they were just hitting <laughs> yeah. Y over and over and over. But yeah, no, it was all heavy attacks. Well, you know, and because yeah. you know George told them when they were filming the film or filming the films, wow, filming the movies. Uh, you know, to swing those sabers like they were really heavy, like there was a lot of weight behind them. And yeah. then when he came to the prequels, he was just like, "Oh, just play around with it, just fin- put more finesse with it." You know what I'm saying? Like, be yeah. flourish with it and stuff. It's more elegant time, so look more elegant while you're <laughs> fighting with it. Yeah. And those, the way I look at it is, those fighting styles kind of died with the Jedi in Order sixty six. Mm-hmm. So when you mm-hmm. come up on. I mean, Obi-Wan, the fight could have been a little bit, but it, like it was an old man, but I can't even say that because Yoda was kicking ass in episode two and three. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. the the whole thing between, the, think about it, there really wasn't a whole lot of room in that hallway to do a bunch of flips between Obi-Wan and Vader. There yeah. wasn't a lot of room to really show off what you could do. There was a lot more room for that in the prequels and whatnot. And then when you come up on Empire, it's just a boy who barely even knows how to sw- swing this thing. Yeah, trying to fight this, you know, Sith Lord. You know what I, you know what yeah. I mean? And there were a couple. There were a couple you know, of flips. Vader was was you know hampered by the suit as right. far as what. Although we've seen and the know, robotic limbs. Um, and... Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen that he is capable of a lot more in like Rebels, but still, even when you watch the fights in Rebels, it's still you can still tell. Oh, that's still Vader. That's still yeah. Vader's fighting style. It's mm-hmm. you know it's. 
he's still faster, you know, than we kind of see him, but we're still realizing, yeah, that's that's still Vader. You can still feel the weight behind his attacks in Rebels. When yeah. he goes to swing at Kanan and Ezra and their sabers clash, you can feel the weight of that attack coming in. And yeah, yeah he's he's just a brawler. If you really want, I mean, no. they, they could go back and redo the fight between Obi Wan and Vader. I think the reimagined one they did was just mm. over the top. Yeah, and it, I I get it. You were trying to make it look cooler. You, less is more sometimes. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, yeah, no, yeah. honestly, with Empire though, that fight was just it, I, that was a that was a good lightsaber duel to me. That was a damn good yeah, duel. I, well, I was thinking about this um, when when you're talking about you know the transition from the prequel style of fighting to the original trilogy style of fighting. I look at it as like you're going from, ironically, is the rise of the empire. You're going from the Roman Empire, mm-hmm. you know, the height of civilization to the Dark Ages. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of how I kind of see it. You know, you're going from this you know height of civilization, the Republic. You know, this you know, golden era where everything was, you know, you can even see it in the way everything looks. You know, you look at yeah. how things looked in the prequels. Everything's shiny. Everything Elegant. is just glittery and just opulent to, you know, whether it's the Rebels, which is dark and dingy and kind of gr- gritty and grimy and just this, this stark coldness of the Empire. Yeah, everything is just gray and black gray and black and glossy and, just, and white you know, square and, buttons <laughs> that's all well, and one of my favorite scenes in rebels is when um i can't think of the guys the guy's name he was the uh the the uh isb opera uh, oh callus callus agent callus when he when him and zeb are on that planet and zeb uh are marooned on that planet and he goes back to his to his you know back to the empire and you see him walking into his quarters and you realize just how spartan it is just how there's sterile. nothing that just a bed and like i think there was like a desk and mm-hmm. that was it yeah. you know just like oh yeah oh there's no there's there was no you know there was no individuality in the empire there was yeah. no it was just this is what you get this is yeah Cold and sterile. You mean cold and sterile. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what the Empire was. Cold and sterile. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Which you see a lot more of in the Empire Strikes Back, too, because in A New Hope, the Empire is just like like you said earlier, just this boogeyman that they're trying to fight and 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 it's this faceless enemy. Because all your enemies are, you know, they're helmeted. You don't see I mean the only human you really saw with the Empire was Tarkin. I know there were a couple more, but he was really the face of it. And and you see what they're capable of when you know, when they destroy Alderaan. When you come to Empire, and you start to see these officers on the bridges of these star destroyers, and you start to see, kind of, you know, I don't want to say their, their, well, I'll say like their behavior, and their discipline and stuff like that, and the way they act around Vader, and the way that they're actually executing stuff. It really, I don't want to say it humanizes the Empire. It adds more of a, a face to it. Where you yeah. kind of know who the rebels are fighting at this point, you you start mm-hmm. to see more of why they believe what they believe and 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 why they're fighting this empire. Yeah, you know, it's not just because they're blowing up planets. There's other things to it that mm-hmm. that you know they're the empire's coming back for revenge in this in this movie because of what happened in the first one. 
Yeah. And and to see somebody a, a huge authoritarian enemy coming at you, you know, because yeah. of that, that is terrifying. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um well let's kind of kind of wrap things up with yeah. looking at the message. You know, what do you think the overall was there a underlying message do you think that George was trying to trying to teach us in Empire or was this just like, oh, this is just another fun movie? You know, was there like a deeper meaning in Empire? Well, with George, there's always a message in everything. That's what, at least that's what he always has said. You know, yeah. it, it keep keep the children in mind, stuff like that, teach them and, and whatnot. You know, that's some of the advice he gave to Dave Filoni going forward with Clone Wars and with Mandalorian and everything else that he's ever worked mm-hmm. on. So you you know there's a message there. Honestly, it's it's one of those messages where it doesn't matter where you come from. And I, I know this has really been driven home with, with some of the latest films. It doesn't matter your history. It doesn't matter where you come from. That doesn't define who you are. You define who you mm-hmm. are. And mm-hmm. And... And honestly, because of stuff like that, that's why I'm kind of salty and bitter towards uh, the the sequel trilogy. You know, and Leia kept yeah. telling uh, Ray, "Don't be afraid of who you are." And then at the end, she was afraid of who she was and didn't tell anybody she was a Palpatine. She should have embraced yeah. that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. it, but in with Empire, that's I think that's one of the biggest messages. It doesn't matter where you come from, who who you're related yeah. to. It doesn't matter. Or you can still one thing I think. You, you know, since you since flourish. you kind of mentioned that. Um, I would even been fine if she would have just you know, said, you know, when she when the line, you know, the line at the end, you know, Ray, who if she just says just Ray. Yeah. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to be a Palpatine. I'm not going to be a Skywalker. I'm just. Yeah. Ray. Yeah. That would have been a lot. I think that would have been, you know, a lot. But um, to me, another to me, another message I get is that no matter how bad things are, you have to keep fighting. Yes. Even when things are at their darkest, even when things are at their worst, you keep fighting. Mm-hmm. You 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 just pull you just pull up your pants and you go on to the next day. Yes, you may have lost this battle, but you haven't well lost the war. Right. Yep. No. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point too. You can bounce back. You know, yeah. resilience and because, like I said earlier, they were all at the darkest points, and their stories at the end of Empire, yeah. and they still came back and they they. Planned this rescue mission, got Han back, got back to the rebellion, planned the attack on the second Death Star, and freaking did it. Yeah, you know. So yeah, that's a great one too. Yeah. That's that's a great idea. Yeah, great story. Or now great I will message. say one of the the only only thing I've ever heard anyone kind of knock Empire on, and it's one of those kind of things that you're just you're just you know at this point you're you're nitpicking is the timeline. Yeah. And how it's kind of, you know, like people say like, you know, well, how, you know, how long was it? Because they don't really tell you how long it was between, you know, how long was Luke on Dagobah? How long, mm-hmm. you know, did it take the Falcon to get, you know, it's just like, they like, oh, we lost our hyperdrive. Oh, here's a, here's this system over here. And the next thing you know, they're flying into, you know, Cloud City. Right. There's no real sense of, you know, how much time you know, past, you know, you, you, you can kind of estimate that there probably was at least a couple months. I could, yeah, I, I would buy a couple months. Yeah. And I think you froze again. Oh, you got me. Yeah. Okay. But 
Yeah, I, I would that, buy. No, I would buy yeah, a couple months. Back. I, I would. I would definitely yeah, buy at a least a couple months. months you know, because you figure, you know, they're you know, especially with the Falcon. You you figure, you know, they're going on sublight engines. Mm-hmm. So you know, in traveling, trying to travel, you know, galactic distance another, you know, mm-hmm. but. No, that's a good point too. I didn't think about hey, this. Anyway, as we wrap things up, just kind of final thoughts on Empire. Where does Empire rank in your Oh man, okay. So Empire, I'm going to have to say second. I have to say second. And second. It's, and it's kind of back and forth with me, honestly. It's it's I am going to go out on a fourth favorite. Fourth favorite? Yeah, because it would go my favorite is Jedi. Then episode three. No, then Jedi, then Rogue One, mm. then Episode Three, then Empire. Yeah, mine is. So those are like my top four. Mine is constantly back and forth between Rogue One and Empire. Like they're constantly yeah. warring back and forth. Because Rogue One was just so good. Oh my god! Yeah. That, I mean, Rogue that is the so gold good. standard of what Disney's put out so far. As, De- as, definitely, as far as films definitely. go, I, I don't want to say as far as all content, but as fi- as far as films go. They hit the nail on the head with Rogue One. They yeah. they nailed it, you know. As far as content in general, Mandalorian, man, gosh, that oh, is gold yes. stuff to me. But, I I cannot wait until season two. Oh my god, I'm chomping at the bit for season two. I think everybody is, man. Um, yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for us this week. Uh, Brian, before we get out of here, why don't you tell the fine people and the interwebs where they can find you at? Okay, uh, you guys can find me at the Star Wars Canon Podcast. It's on YouTube if you want the video version. If you want the audio-only version, you can find it on anchor.fm slash Star Wars Canon Podcast. You can also find it on Spotify, Apple iTunes, CastBox, and Stitcher, I believe, are the other platforms as well. Uh, For the people who are interested in the youtube channel next week i'm going to be starting a new series called star wars canon podcast game nights uh we're going to be sitting down playing some battlefront playing some jedi fallen order when star wars squadrons comes out probably be hitting that up quite a bit uh kind of toying with the idea of trying to come up with some non-canon games to play maybe a run through of knights of the old republics one and two uh maybe jedi outcast Mm -hmm. i don't know we'll see but uh, kind of been playing with that idea a little bit. And also, uh, one more thing real quick before uh, before Mark takes back over. Uh, I've been trying to get uh, a mobile app put together uh, for all Star Wars canon, just simply called the Star Wars canon mobile app. Uh, it'll have the podcast, uh, the Star Wars canon podcast and everything like that on it. The, the uh, canon timeline will be on it, place to talk about canon. Uh, but I started a Kickstarter for it about a month and a half ago, and it is funded. I'm just waiting on Kickstarter to push the funds back uh, my way. And as soon as they do, we'll be able to get this thing finished and get it live. Because right now I can't even work on it until I subscribe to my builder, my my app builder, which kind of sucks. And I'm I'm losing my mind not being able to work on it right now. So as soon as those funds come back, I'm going to get this thing finished, get it out, and uh, that'll be available. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, you can get a hold of us if you want to get a hold of us. Uh, ask us any questions, any comments. A uh, couple ways you can do that. First of all, you can email us at warofthestars1 at gmail.com. That is also our Twitter account is at War of the Stars. We have a Facebook group uh, at 
War of the Stars. Um, those are your best ways to get a hold of us right there. If you want to support the show, uh, you can do so through our Patreon. That is patreon.com backslash War of the Stars. Or you can just go to anchor.fm and hit the support tab and do it that way. Uh, you can, of course, find us on, as we just mentioned, anchor.fm. We're also available on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Google Google Cast, and pretty much anywhere where fine podcasts are heard. Just go to your local podcasting provider and just type in War of the Stars, and we should pop up. Um, other than that, that will do it for this week. And next week, we will be rounding out our look at the original trilogy with the return of the Jedi. That'll be a good one. Until next week, remember, this isn't just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. May the Force be with you. Always. Always.